Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, 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 welcome. It's time for Office Hours. Hey, everybody, it's Scott Fox. It's time for Startup Fundraising Office Hours. It's great to have you here today. Today we're going to talk about startups and fundraising and uh, office hours, I guess. It's time to uh, address some of the questions that have been bothering you as founders. Um, our audience here is uh, dedicated around the mission that I've spent the last 10-plus uh, years uh, cultivating in order to help entrepreneurs like I used to be. Uh, I'm a serial Internet entrepreneur. I've built a bunch of small and large companies. I've written a bunch of books. Um, these are my books over here, at least the ones in the middle row are in English. The others are in other languages. So if you're joining me from elsewhere in the world, welcome. It's nice to meet you. Today we're going to be taking your questions uh, based on my personal experience from uh, years of building Internet companies, raising money. We're going to focus particularly on fundraising. That seems to be the place where a lot of people get stuck. Uh, and it's kind of, you know, the intersection of a lot of different challenges in terms of uh, strategy and planning and product development and, of course, legal and financial and uh, business development and relationships, too. Fundraising is hard. Uh, so we're here today to talk to you about that and hopefully help you. Let me say up front, uh, this is not uh, qualified legal or financial advice. Um, I have credentials in all those areas, but this is not what we're doing today. This is more like for practice and, and fun and entertainment only and all those things that people say. Also, this is being recorded. It's live on YouTube, so welcome to those of you who are watching on YouTube. Uh, welcome to everybody on LinkedIn and Facebook and anywhere else that you're catching this, either now or later in the replays. Here, happy to do this uh, for you. I'm Scott. Uh, I do this uh, at least once a month, uh, basically as a free community service, trying to help everybody out there in startup land uh, figure out the road, uh, well, not necessarily the road to riches, but at least the road to, um, well, like Steve Jobs used to say, making your dent in the universe. So if that's what you're here for, great. It's cool. I'm glad to meet you. And I see people come into the chat room here. This is going to be a fun time. We've got the uh, – uh, there we go. Thank you for that feedback. Hey, we're here. I <laughs> have the microphone turned on. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we're going to start over a little bit. I'm Scott Fox, I'm a serial internet entrepreneur uh, who does know how to use a microphone, uh, I promise. Um, we're here today to talk about startup fundraising. We're going to be talking about fundraising because it's really probably, in a nutshell, uh, the nexus of all the challenges that early stage entrepreneurs face, right? You've got a combination, of course, of product development and entrepreneurship, but you've also got financials and performance, you've got legal, um, and you've got strategy and then relationship building as well. It's kind of everything rolled into one. Uh, and it's where a lot of early stage entrepreneurs get stuck. So I'm a volunteer. I do this uh, at least once a month here from my office at lunchtime here in Southern California. And um, this is based on uh, my experience as a uh, serial internet entrepreneur. I've been at this for 20 plus years, uh, building companies large and small. And um, also, uh, well, written these books over here, at least the three in the middle. Those are the ones in English. Uh, the others are foreign translations. So if you're joining us today from somewhere else in the world, it's great to have you. Thanks for joining us from YouTube or uh, Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever you might be watching this, either now or in the replays. And speaking of that, if you're watching, please go ahead and uh, invite your friends. This is uh, free and fun and friendly. We've got people uh, coming into the uh, uh, backstage to ask some questions. We'll be bringing them on camera. Let me just point out first, this is not qualified legal or financial advice. This is entertainment really for practice only, okay? So don't, don't, uh, don't take this too seriously, but I'll do my best to help you if I can. Um, any specific situations, you should uh, consult your own qualified uh, and, and credentialed advisors. Also, we're recording this, and it will be here and there and everywhere, as the Internet's like to do. So if you'd like to invite your friends, please have them come over to uh, my YouTube channel now. And um, what else? Let's see. Uh, well, well, let's turn on the chat room. Okay, so the chat room. So if you are on uh, – there it is. 
Okay, so um, go ahead if you are on uh, YouTube, especially I think is where the comments come in the fastest, also LinkedIn Live. Uh, you can post questions in there, of course. Um, or being preference goes to those who want to come on camera and join us. Um, and I'll put that link up in a second. Actually, let me do that now while I'm talking. Uh, that link, let's put it right. Sorry, guys, there's a lot going on here. Okay, let's put that right in the chat room. Okay, if you would like to join me on camera, there's a magic link for you. Okay, and um, let's see. So we'll be taking questions, um, doing as much, many of those as we can in the next hour or so. Thanks to the, those of you who wrote in early. Uh, that helps me uh, plan the show, so we'll be taking those questions with some priority. And I think that's about all the disclaimers I can fit into this time. Let me just, uh, okay, think. Okay, looks like the chat's working. That's good. Um, Okay, just real quick, this is our email list, blah, 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 like and share, smash that like button, as they always say. Okay, so let's get going here. Um, okay, so let's see who's in the chat room. We've got uh, Annie, welcome to Annie and Gaurav and Daniel and Michael. Great, good to see you all. I guess everybody can hear me now. That's good news. Um, and I'll be taking those questions. I think you guys are the, the prepared ones. I recognize most of your names because you wrote in, in advance and sent, sent some questions. So. Let me see. Um, let me just, uh, I, I can't keep them all in my head at once. So if you can turn on your camera, Annie and Michael, let's just bring everybody in for just a second. And just give me the, the two seconds about, remind me what your question is about. And we'll try to, uh, I can try to prioritize them, okay? Annie, you can join us too if you want to turn your camera on. So let's go first. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, Michael, well, real quick, what's your, just, just the two seconds, just remind me what you want to talk about so I can put them into some, Physical order. It's not, uh, not startup funding related, okay. but uh, lifestyle businesses. Oh, right. We traded some emails about that, didn't we? Okay. Good. Nice yes, to see you. Did. Thanks for joining us. Okay. And how about you, Daniel? What was your question about? Um, are you, can you hear me? Yes. Um, I was basically asking on the uh, financial projections that different like, angel investors or even like private investors look for right. and how much traction they actually look for on the idea and if they want to see an LOI if I'm doing like a business. Perfect. Okay, cool. Thank you. That helps me. I'm just trying to get a sense of who's here. And how about Gaurav? Nice to meet you. Hey, hey Scott. Um, thanks for you know, giving us this time. Yeah. Uh, so my question is uh, very basic and perhaps uh, probably everybody would think that. Uh, so what is the best way to reach out to a pre-seed investors and try right. to get their face time yep. or time to, to give your pitch? Yep. Okay, cool. We can definitely cover that. And then, thank you. And Annie, nice to meet you. What's your question about? Thank you. About? Uh, thank you as well. So I'm a question about um, co-founder. So for like two other businesses, like one person has a certain skill set. Right. They need another person to have a complimentary, like, so it's not like a technical versus operation. Got it. So, like, uh, what is, like, the best way to find that person and then, like, what kind of, like, skills or personalities to look for? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Those all make sense, guys. Thank you. It helps me to know what, who's here and what we want to talk about. And also, let me point out, um, all right, so I'm going to take you guys off. I guess we'll start with, uh, let's see. Well, we'll try to do this in kind of a logical order. So maybe we'll start with Gaurav, if you don't mind the rest of you. I'll bring you back in a minute. Um, let me thank you for the introductions there. Um, and let's adjust this and that. 
Okay, and if you are watching and you wanted to comment in the chat room, um, you can do that on LinkedIn Live or on YouTube. And um, I also encourage you guys to make friends in the chat room. Go ahead and talk to each other. I don't have all the answers. A lot of this can help you to find, for example, Andy's question about co-founders. Your co-founder might be here, right? <laughs> Somebody who's here with similar interests, you know, similar stage of development and questions. Um, you know, the people in the chat room uh, know plenty as well. So I'm just kind of the figurehead here, uh, the convener, as they say. So um, let's get going. So, Gaurav, if you don't mind, could you repeat the question for the audience, and then we'll get into it. And folks, go ahead and, like I said, uh, chime in the chat room with your suggestions and uh, answers for him as well. Go ahead, Gaurav. Oh, by the way, where are you from, Gaurav? Tell us, introduce yourself. So I'm from Austin, Texas. Austin, okay, cool. Yeah. Nice to and meet you. Our startup is already launched. We have bootstrapped it, uh, you know, since two years. We are trying to get that thing up and running. Mm -hmm. now, now, the biggest challenge is to get in front of the investors yeah. and then show them our product. So my question is, what is the best way to reach out to appreciate investors? Yeah, okay. So um, just to be clear, you're not talking specifically about FaceTime, the, the Facebook visual product. No. You're talking no. about getting face-to-face -face time. Okay, just <laughs> to be clear. Um, okay. So, yeah, this is a great question, and it's a hard one because, you know, and this is honestly, I, I like this question a lot. Thank you, Gara, for being here. Because this is honestly why I write my books and why I do this. Because people in this business kind of think that everybody knows how to do these things, right? They often are from the right schools or they have money in the family or, you know, like a lot of people, it seems like, you know, they're like, oh, I'm going to start a company. I'll just, co you know, I'll talk to my uncle and he'll write me a check and good, we're, you know, we're, we're done, right? And, and that's really not the way it is for most of the world. And it's not the way I grew up. Um, I'm kind of an insider now, but I, was an, I started out as an outsider myself. I grew up in inner city Detroit without any money. I put myself through college and kind of found my way, right? Um, and I had a lot of other blessings, obviously. Um, uh, and the trick of finding pre-seed investors is what everybody faces. So this is a great opening question. So um, my sort of answer would be um, that it's really about building relationships. The trick is that a lot of people think that, um, especially at the pre-seed stage, people think about this like a bank, right? Like I'm going to buy a car, I'm going to buy a house, so I'll show up at the bank and they have certain hours and I'm going to show up fill out the application, and they will or won't give me the money, you know, as a loan for this transaction. Investing in startups is much more relationship-based. It's not nearly as transactional. And I apologize if you know some of this, Garvin. It sounds like you've been at it a while, but I'm speaking to a wider audience here just to, to lay the track. Um, it's really about finding people and building relationships because at the pre-seed stage, you don't have much to offer, honestly, right? That's why you're pre-seed. Presumably, you don't have a bunch of customers. You don't maybe have any revenue. What you've got is a smile and some enthusiasm and, and hopefully some, um, some good ideas and, and maybe a track record from your previous jobs or, or school or something. Um, and that's not enough to get a professional investor to invest. Like, for example, if you went to the bank I just talked about, they would deny you because you have none of the things I just talked about. So what you have to do instead is build relationships. And that means, um, and here's really the answer, uh, is stop thinking about this as a transaction and thinking, think about it like dating. You're going to go and meet a bunch of people and figure out who you um, get along with the best. And then you're going to hopefully, you know, talk them into giving you some money, right? This is like, it, it's, it's a weird mix of dating and business. Um, and the way to, the best ways to do that, uh, to get more tactical, 
um, are to uh, go to a lot of events. And this is, we've all been crippled the last couple of years because of COVID, right? And that's one of the reasons I started doing this more online uh, because it was hard to go face-to-face and meet people. Um, and we want to, um, people like, you know, if, they, and if you've ever had any sales training, people say that they buy from people, people buy from people that they know, like, and trust. And it's the same with investing uh, and pre-seed stage especially. And that's why my first uh, facetious example was about going to some uncle, right? Well, if he's your uncle, he knows you, hopefully he likes you, and hopefully he trusts you, right? That It's kind of already the skids are greased there, and that's what you need to develop with, with investors as well. So um, I would look, be looking at events. Uh, I would be looking on LinkedIn to see uh, what people are posting about, uh, to see if they're interested in your sector. And a lot of this is really about... Um, finding a match between what you're doing and people that invest there already. Like you can spend a lot of time and actually I'll, I'll be, I'll be frank. My first startup, I blew pretty much my whole savings, went into debt uh, and spent a lot of my life trying to educate the audience about what they should be doing, where I thought the future was. And that's a really expensive way to build a business. You're much better off find what people are buying already and maybe, in, you know, improve it X percent. Uh, and, uh, if you're going down that route, it's not only easier to sell it, but it's easier to find investors because you can say, we're like this other company that you're already invested in, but better in these ways. And that helps, uh, helps people appreciate what you're offering a lot better. Okay, so is that, uh, is that helpful, uh, Gaurav? Specific enough? No? Gaurav, can you hear me? Hmm. What's going on here? You guys having trouble hearing me? Okay. Well, hopefully that was helpful for Garov. <laughs> I guess we'll move on to the next question. Sorry, go. You lost the audio. Right. Did everybody lose the audio? Um, can somebody say in the chat room? Sorry, I, I'm having trouble. Here. Yes, you can hear me. Thank you, Maximus. Maximus. Oh, there's Garov. Okay. Okay. Could you hear me? What I said? Yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I lost you for a few seconds. Okay. Okay, well, of what I said, was that useful, or you have a follow-up, or should we move on to somebody else? Yeah, so, so I think you said that you know, it's all about relationships, go to events and talk to people and try to find who is the best match for your business. Yeah. But I guess um, my follow-up question is where to find those, you know, people, right? Yeah. When you go to uh, some of these uh, startup events, most of the people are co-founders, and it's kind of mm-hmm. difficult to find the investors there. Mm-hmm. And then, so what is the best way? Is there any forum, any place where we could find investors and we can try to go there and probably yeah. socialize? Yeah. This, that's, that's very good. You see, that's interesting, Gaurav, because you did, you exposed in me my own assumptions. I've become an investor, so to me, it's easy to meet investors, and I forget that those are invitation only for accredited investors. I go to lunches and stuff all the time, right? Everybody's an investor, right? But you thank you. I, <laughs> that's why this helps keep me fresh, too, right? Yeah, you don't, you're not part of that club, right? That's the point. Okay, so, so how do you get in there? Um, well, I would look um, for public events. I would look at Meetup. I would look at Eventbrite. Uh, I would get on our mailing list. Let me put that one up again um, here. Um, we cover mostly right now I'm in Southern California, but we also are starting to cover more national events, uh, which means that you can do them by Zoom. 
Um, it's, uh, if you have a university in your town, I would figure out, well, Austin, yeah, you've got Austin. You're, you've got a great university, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, find the entrepreneurship group, especially in the MBA program. There's probably at the Macomb School of Business, right? Um, there's yeah. probably a club or something that you could uh, at least go to the event. Like, it's, it's really a bit of uh, research. Um, and, again, what I would suggest is uh, find targeting investors who do what you do, not just any investor, right? Find people that are interested in your sector, right? If you're doing space tech or, or fem tech or real estate or, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, consumer packaged goods, um, software, like find people that do that because the conversations will be a lot easier because you'll find when you meet investors, they generally the first couple of questions are what do you do and what stage are you? Because we instantly are thinking like, okay, is this person doing something I have any expertise in? And then are they, how far along are they? Because I have this much money, right? And I can't put in, I don't have $10 million, so I can't do a series C. They need to be pre-seed or whatever, right? Um, another thought as I'm talking here, there are angel groups in almost every city these days. I don't know Texas, I'm trying to think. But if you Google, I can't think of one offhand, but like here in, in uh, California, we have Tech Coast Angels, and I'm a member of Tech Coast Angels. I'm a member of the Stanford Angels because I went to grad school at Stanford. Like find your schools or schools that are in your area and like put in that name and the word angels and see what pops up because those are the groups that um, you might not be able to attend them unless you're a member, but at least if you find their events, you, you're on the radar, right? And usually um, most of these groups that I'm aware of across the country, at least once or twice a year, they try to have, you know, a pitch competition or a, an awards banquet or something that is more open to the public. Uh, and I would, I would get in there and, uh, and just start showing up. That, that's, the, that's the trick. All right. Yeah. It's, it's, I hope, hope. And uh, perhaps this is going to be my last question. Okay. Uh, I, I want to give other people a chance too. Yeah. But uh, so normally people talk about the elevators pitch, right? Yeah. People talk about how to how to get the attention of the investors. So what is the best way, right? Because sometimes you send the email, you try to make your subject very very kind of innovative. Sometimes you send an email, you make your subject or your email body very innovative. Yeah. But most of the time, you don't get any response. So, That's right. <laughs> I am using the investor you would know um, better than anyone else that what, what makes people at least crawl through your content, right, yeah. which you're trying to convey. Yeah, that's right. That's a, a good question. And it's hard. And I, and I have this problem myself because, as you can imagine, when I do these shows and I write these books and stuff, I get so much inbound that I, I, I literally can't answer them all. I mean, I could, but it would just be no. <laughs> right? so it's, it's overwhelming, even with assistance, right? I have staff. Um, and every investor gets that. So the first thing is to not take it personally. Like, it's, we're on the receiving end of a lot of stuff. Uh, and it's, it's, it's not personal, it's business. We, we got to keep up with our, our business, but also with our lives. You know, I have kids, I have other things going on, right? It's not about you. It, I got to manage my own inbox, right? So don't ever take it personally. The answer to that question is kind of back to what I was saying earlier. You have to personalize. What can you do that will get their attention? That's legitimate, right? Don't, don't do something weird, you know? Um, but if you email me and say, you know, hey, I know you invested in this company and this company. Oh, and I'm friends with this guy you know or um, this attorney you know, you know, something like that. Or, I'm re- or even better, I'm recommended. So-and-so asked, said I should talk to you because he knows that you did deals like this. That's how you get over the fence, right? And that's where most entrepreneurs fall down because they, they want this big list 
And they're like, oh, you know, here, here, I, I got a list of, you know, 2,000 venture capital firms. I'm going to email them all. And write, yeah, you're not going to get any response because, by definition, you're not going to write 2,000 personalized emails, right? That's not your job. That's not your startup, right? You've got to personalize them. And so I would really think quality, not quantity. And you've got to spend the time up front. Dig into LinkedIn. Go on, uh, uh, I don't know, PitchBook or TechCrunch or, or I see some in the chat uh, there about, um, you know, keywords. Like do, do the keywords about your startup and um, your startup and that firm's name, right, or other portfolio companies they have. And Google, 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 so that when you write, it still can only be a paragraph or so, but you can open up and it'll be like, like I just met you, but like say you're the VC. I would say something like, you know, Gorov. You know, you know, how's things in Austin? You know, um, I know you invested in this and this. And, you know, because of that, I have a startup like this. Uh, and it was, you know, our mutual friend, uh, Julie, says that, you know, it might be something you're interested in. Here's some quick numbers about it. And numbers are key too, right? Um, and keep it short and sweet and tell them that you care, right? Again, it's kind of like dating, right? It's not like, hey, want to get married? No, it's like, hey, I know you like coffee. Would you, you know, like to go to Starbucks together, you know, <laughs> like, like take it easy. Right. Um, and uh, that, that's, that's what can help. I mean, no guarantees, of course. Right. Because the other thing that, that startups don't realize is, is not all VCs are investing all the time. Um, this can be part of my next book, actually. You know, it's not like a bank, like bank of America is open every day, all day, you know, JP Morgan, they're, they have billions, right. And uh, trillions, maybe it's almost at this point. Right. And they're investing all the time. VCs have a life cycle. They raise a fund, they put a bunch of money to work, and then they kind of go quiet for a few years until that fund plays out, right? So if you hit them at the wrong time of their life cycle, they're not answering anybody, even if you're perfect, because they literally don't have any money to invest. They're waiting for the last fund to come uh, to fruition. So lots of ins and outs here, but that's why I'm doing this. I hope that's helpful. Okay, so we do have to move on. I hope that was helpful, Gaurav. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Uh, nice to meet you too. Good, Thank you. Good luck with your stuff. Hope to see you at a future event. Okay, so let's, um, let's bring on some of our other friends here. Let's see, who's going to be next? How about Daniel? Financial projections was the next, uh, the next question I saw there. If you don't mind, Daniel, let me, uh, let me just quickly, let's just talk to the chat room for a second here. Um, see if anybody, I want to keep up with this. Let's see. Chat says, uh, not, okay, we fixed the sound thing. Good. Um, Nathan says, can I attract an investor without a business plan or pitch deck? Uh, it depends on the investor, Nathan. I mean, if, if they're a good friend and they know, like, and trust you already, they know a lot about you, perhaps. Yeah. But uh, if not, I, you generally have to document stuff. If you want people to, to write you checks, then I think you probably have to do something. Uh, Greg, yes, you can ask questions here. Uh, how is the current economic situation influencing investors' decision-making process? Lisa, that's a very timely question. It sucks. It's killing them. Right? Imagine how much money people have lost in the stock market, including this guy, right? This has been a very, very painful spring for those of us involved in tech stocks. So I would expect all of you to uh, be more conservative in your projections, um, lower your valuations. This, this, this is what they say in uh, Game of Thrones winter is coming. Yeah, win winter is coming. Winter's here, I think. Um, Let's see, uh, Dwight, outside of SBA loans, business credit, and waiting for series rounds, what options are there for post-seed firms, pre-series A, to get funding post-seed that are pre-series A? Uh, you raise another round, Dwight. Yeah, I, it doesn't matter what you call it. Um, maybe you're, what you're looking for is what they call a bridge round. A bridge round bridges you from one point to the next um, so that um, it gets you from uh, your pre-seed to your seed. 
uh, or your seed to your Series A. Um, but ideally, obviously, you make enough progress in between those so that you can raise a real larger round. Um, do I have a link to where investors host events or events uh, where to meet investors? Well, I would get on our mailing list there, uh, Hamida. Um, that's the best one I do. Um, uh, hey, Deval. <laughs> Winter's here, yes. Um, okay. Sorry, uh, Daniel, almost there. Uh, keywords you want to look for in a legitimate or illegitimate group? This is a good point. Right, we'll come back to that, Michael. Let me, Daniel's waiting here. Let's, um, let's talk to Daniel about his question. Uh, it's always more fun when we have live people and Daniel's being brave here to come on. I'm a, I'm a really mean guy. So. Okay. Uh, thank you. Okay. Uh, my name is Daniel. I'm from Chicago and awesome. I'm currently working on a startup that's a blockchain application that focuses on business to business deals. And currently our technology is in the very early stage and our like, overall vision to have to be completed without scaling up through funding. So for like, our pitch deck and when we go to investors, I was curious on like what was the um, like how many like, how much financial projections would these investors want to see right away since our tech is working at a smaller scale and we basically want to scale up. That's why um, we wanted to hold these rounds. So um, what would you like to see in like financial projections and how much traction are they looking for on the idea? Yeah, that's a great question. You're you're kind of echoing. So I'm going to mute you, but if you have a question, just wave at me. I'll unmute you again. Okay. Um, uh, that's for the benefit of everybody else listening. Um, okay, so projections. So projections are a moving target, and that this is really frustrating to entrepreneurs, um, but it's the fact, right? So the answer is give me as much as you got. That, that's the short answer, right? Um, um, investors are not any different than, than you. I mean, I used to see investors as these uh, this kind of other, right? But we're not. We're just people often older than you who've had some success who are interested enough to think about this stuff in our spare time instead of just playing golf, right? Um, and um, if you have some traction, that sounds great, right? Tell us about the traction and then make some reasonable assumptions. Um, you're going to want at least three years, um, maybe even five years, but everybody knows that these are compounded assumptions, which is a fancy way of saying bullshit, right? <laughs> right? They're, you're just adding assumption on assumption, right? So, but what we need to do is be able to see some sort of, uh, first of all, momentum is really nice. So if you have some traction, awesome. And I'll unmute you in a second. I want to hear more about your company. But um, we want to see some momentum. And then we're looking at that your assumptions are reasonable. And they, just as much as that, we're kind of testing you to see, are you a reasonable person, right? Can you think through, are you smart enough to logically present what you're doing and that you're not claiming crazy stuff, right? Uh, blockchain, you can claim almost anything these days, right? But, uh, but uh we, we want to see how it's a demonstration of how you think, right? And because at the early stages, often angel investors are investing, the phrase in the business is investing as much in the jockey as in the horse, right? And so you're the jockey or you and your co-founders, to Annie's point, right? You might have a team. Who are you and how do you think? And what can you offer us to show that you're adults and you're going to spend the money that we've spent a lot of time earning this money, right? So we're not just giving it away. You know, what are you going to do to help us make more money? And we usually try to think of ourselves as partners, right? So if what you're saying with your projections is, can you make reasonable assumptions? What have you done so far? Uh, and are you the kind of person that, you know, we think we could work with to uh, help you realize those assumptions? Is that helpful? Kind of big picture, but... Yeah. Yeah? Okay, good. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. And do you have some revenue already, or is this still early? You said you had some traction, but is it um, actual cash? Or? Yeah, no, it's, it's more just with our um, technology first and then just hearing 
from what other people have to, have to say along the way. Uh -huh. Okay, good. Well, that's where it starts, and that's great. You've got to be scrappy about this stuff. The, the, uh, the other thing I often say to people, if you listen to old episodes of this show, by the way, if anybody's watching this and you, you want to hear more of me, which my wife doesn't, but if you do, go on YouTube. There's lots of these, um, uh, and uh, you could probably learn a lot, I hope, <laughs> at least by the, the uh, questions and answers uh, and in the chat. Um, but a lot of um, people get stuck at this early traction stage, and it sounds like you're doing already the right things, but let me spell it out for other folks. If you don't have any traction, find some. And traction just means demonstration of progress, that somebody will buy your bullshit, right? You're making stuff up. That's your, that, that's your job, right? And that's cool. You're an entrepreneur. But who is buying it? And I don't necessarily even mean cash buying it. I mean, who believes you? What kind of partnerships do you have? Has anybody, um, you know, signed off on this, want to be a, an advisor? Um, and ideally, you can run some tests, and this is where I'm really going. Put up something, especially if you have a B2C type product or service, put up something uh, using Facebook ads or Google ads or LinkedIn ads, uh, and, and just see, you know, if you spend $100, can you get $110 back? Cool. You know, if you spend $100 and get $50 back, okay, you got to tune it, but at least it tells you something. You get some idea about the conversion rates and stuff, and that can inform your performance, right? You say, well, you spent $1,000, and we got these results with this kind of percentage of conversion, and therefore we think that if we had, you know, $100,000, and those kind of projections are a lot more uh, respected and appreciated than, you know, the classic one is, you know, uh, we sell water. Everybody drinks water. There's 7 billion people in the world. If we get 10% of that market, whoa, we're rich, right? Like, oh, yeah, come on, right? So we need a little more than that. So cool. Well, nice to meet you, Daniel. Thank you for joining. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. So who's next here? That was Mr. Daniel from Chicago. Uh, I guess we're going to go to Michael next. Um, Michael, let me just catch up in the uh, in the chat room here a minute, if you don't mind. Um, so okay, there's my friend Athena. Hello, Athena. So Michael said. Um, Oh, keywords, right, Michael Acevedo. So keywords you want to look for in a legitimate group or an illegitimate group. This is a great point because um, there are a lot of scammers out there, frankly, right, especially in the, in the blockchain and crypto space, right? Um, but there's a lot of people out there that pretend to be investors, and what they're actually are is consultants, which means they're actually salespeople, right? And they're looking for early-stage entrepreneurs who they can then sell something, right? And that's fine. People are allowed to make a living. That's, that, I'm, I'm a capitalist full stop, right? But um, it's, you want to try to figure out a little Google searching can be very helpful um, or a little LinkedIn background profiling, right? Who actually writes checks? Who's a member of some recognized uh, angel group or VC firm um, as opposed to some sort of broker essentially, right? Um, and brokers have a role. That's fine, right? But it, you, want, you only have so much time as an entrepreneur. Uh, and I suggest you do research using, uh, like Michael suggests, keywords to find out if people are legit or not, right? So try to figure out what their portfolio is. What have they invested in? Look on AngelList, for example. Um, just look on Google. Um, put in their name or their firm's name with the word scam or problem or lawsuit, right? And see what you get. Um, I can tell stories. Uh, luckily, I haven't been caught in these gears myself, but I've had companies I've worked with who've been very excited about term sheet offers they've gotten that turned out to be very strange and actually ended up costing them money, right? When they were supposed to be raising money, they had to buy their way out of the deal that they signed too quickly, right? So not to scare you, uh, but just be careful. This is, this is uh, adult, uh, adult activity, right, with real money involved. Okay. Um, let's see. 
OC, any suggestions for mentoring youth in tech in Orange County? 16-year-old who has developed several apps. like to get him connected with a mentor. Gosh, OC, I think that, that does ring a bell. I can't come up with it right now. I, I, I'm sorry to keep sending you guys back, but I would get on that email list I, I posted a second ago, the uh, startupeventnews.com, and read the Orange County Startup Council blog. Uh, we post everything that happens in Orange County, and there was some in, uh, interning sort of stuff recently. Uh, go, go look there. There's a search function on the site. It's at ocstartups.org. Uh, maybe that could help you. Um, Okay, uh, Lisa back with another good question. I'm, what's an example for numbers to put? Oh, that's, oh, I didn't know I could do that. Did you see that, guys? That was cool. Look at that. How did I do that? Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. No, that's not it. That's, that's Maximus's question. Hide. Not that one. Look at this. Oh, cool. There. Well, you learn something every day. Okay. So, Lisa, this is a great question. What kind of examples do you put in an email pitch? Uh, we're going to get to Michael in a second, but this is actually fairly quick. Um, I would think of an equation, right? Look at your business. What have you accomplished? What kind of numbers can you present in kind of an A plus B plus C plus D sort of fashion? So um, the easiest way to do this is to think in terms of like a customer flow uh, or customer acquisition flow. So something like um, – the, the key metrics in this space are generally uh, CAC, which is Customer Acquisition Cost, CAC, um, and then LTV, Lifetime Value of a Customer. And you try to think about, um, as I was saying a couple minutes ago, you know, we spent $1,000 on marketing, and we got these kind of results. Uh, we converted uh, whatever, to, you know, 200 people, which is a 20% conversion rate, and therefore if we spent $100,000, we have a 20% conversion rate, uh, and those people bought our typical product, which has an average price of whatever it is, uh, ideally on a recurring basis, maybe monthly, um, then that yields revenue that looks like this. And that is growing. We hope that it will then grow by this percentage. So cost of, uh, a customer acquisition cost that leads to a lifetime value, recurring revenues, uh, and then growth. Uh, that's the kind of equation that uh, investors are looking at uh, because um, – well, that's how we think, right? Like, what have you got? What does it cost? Then what do you make? And how often is it going to repeat? That's kind of the, I should write that down. That's, that's kind of the equation, right? So if you can come up with numbers like that, and you're not going to have them all necessarily. You can make some assumptions. Uh, as we talked about earlier, um, uh, assumptions are fine. Um, you just got to be careful that you don't compound them like crazy so that they look ridiculous, right? So be reasonable, uh, and that should uh, get you where you need to go. So, Okay. So let's bring Michael on. Michael's been very patient here. Uh, let's see. There he is. Okay. Hey, Michael. How are you? Hey, how's it going? Good. Nice to see you. Thanks for joining us. You too. So what's, uh, remind everybody of your question, the short version, if you could, please. Got it. Um, just relating to uh, starting a lifestyle business. Right. This comes from reading your recent book, Click Millionaire. Okay. And... Uh, just wanting to understand, you, you had mentioned in our email, you still endorse the book. It was written 10 years ago. I, you know, do your own research and be careful about pursuing the specific blogging or other strategies from the book. Right. So, you know, today, what, what trends are you seeing with people building, quote, lifestyle businesses? I have some ideas in mind, but yeah, happy to have your feedback. Sure. Okay. So um, what he's referring to is this book here. Um, let me see if I can reach that without messing up my microphone. So this is my third book. 
um, work less, live more with an internet business you love. So this was early, uh, early days of the, um, well, like you said, lifestyle business uh, revolution. So I used to have a job. I had a bunch of jobs, and I, it turned out I hated them all. Um, and I made really good money. I tried, I succeeded in Wall Street, and then I worked in the entertainment industry in Silicon Valley. Did very well every time because uh, I worked my ass off, um, but I hated it. <laughs> so that's why I do what I do now. I'm an entrepreneur, right? So if, you, if that resonates with you, uh, it's the same advice I gave Michael. You might enjoy this book. Uh, and I give the money from this to charity back in inner city Detroit to help. I grew up uh, in, the, in the city, uh, and I help kids go to college with the money. So it's not, this is not a profit grab. And this book is 10 years, almost 12 years old now. But if that's useful to you, it's on Amazon. It's in a bunch of languages, et cetera. Okay, so that's the context. So what that book is about is how to look at yourself and what kind of skills and interests and expertise you have and matching that with the opportunities that you can find in the market. And um, I've... As, I, as Michael just repeated, we, we traded an email or two because you came to some – didn't you come to a Masterminds workshop or two? Right. So that's mm -hmm. the other thing we yeah. do, guys. This, this uh, banner up here behind me, let me put that one up real quick if you don't mind. Do this once a month as well, um, uh, which is a smaller group where everybody talks. Everybody's on camera. This is more just my lunch hour freebie thing, <laughs> but the Masterminds workshops are fun too, uh, and it's more a group discussion. Anyway, so um, the strategies in that book I still fully endorse. Um, Michael and I followed up after that meeting um, because they're about finding what's important to you. And that really isn't taught in schools, and it's really a missed opportunity. Um, the modern industrial society is set up to take everybody right out of school and put them in a cubicle, you know, for 30 or 40 years. And that if that works for you, awesome. I, I'm jealous. I wish it worked for me. It just didn't. Um, and you can have a very nice life that way, very stable and, and you know, save some money and do very well. Um, if you're not wired that way, it's very awkward. And um, so you have to find other things. So I still think that it's really important to look at your own needs and interests and that stuff. But what I was warning about Michael, warning Michael about and what he's asking about, 10 or 12 years ago, the, the field was much greener, right? There was a lot less going on on the internet. And you could start a blog about your personal photography interests or your love of yoga or something or travel or you know, whatever it is. Um, and maybe you could make some money on it, right? And you could probably get on YouTube and start a YouTube channel about it, and you, know, you could do all these things that really maximized your personal interest and creativity. Of course, it was always easier if you could track, overlap those with some business interest, um, like, uh, you know, selling yoga services to other yoga coaches or something, right? If you got into business, there's a more reliable cash flow. Um, but, um, but in both cases, B2C and B2B, there's just a lot of people online now, so it's a lot harder to do. So my answer to you, Michael, is I still think the personal inventory is really, really valuable. Um, there are some checklists and, and stuff in that book that you probably read um, that can help you kind of analyze your own uh, expertise and how you like to spend your time and, and who you like to spend your time with, all that kind of stuff, um, to figure out kind of which direction you want to go. Um, but it used to be kind of 50-50 of like, what do you want to do and then how do you turn it into a business? Unfortunately, these days, it's more like 20-80. You really got to think about the business because you can you can spend a lot of time and have a beautiful blog or podcast or YouTube channel or Instagram or all of those and kill yourself and nobody might even notice because right? there's a gazillion people out there, including me, right? Like right now, right? I'm on you. This is live on YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook, uh, and I've been doing this since 2008, I think, right? So there's hundreds of episodes of me out there. So. Um, 
and I have a, well, it used to be a pretty specific niche. A lot of people do this now. Um, so that's uh, kind of a long answer to a short question, but um, whatever, and I don't, unfortunately, I don't think we have time to go into your specific situation today, but I would really look at, you know, how to get, how can it make money, which is unfortunately not, you know, if you're quitting your job, your first goal isn't necessarily to focus on that. But if you don't focus on that, you, I don't think you have the money to keep going with your interest. Um, and you really got to do extra research. Um, and, um, oh, sorry, the, the one exception to that might be if you can catch a new platform early, right? There are people who, like, I remember when Twitter first came out, I had friends, uh, there weren't a lot of us on Twitter, uh, and I had one guy who just lived on Twitter all the time uh, and we tweeted everything. Like, he tweeted from the dentist chair, I remember, like when he's having his tooth filled, right? And he built a huge following. His name is Gary Vaynerchuk, right? And Gary became a huge deal because he wouldn't shut up, right? And he was in early, and he, Gary's got a lot of talents, right? He was on my podcast, I think, for my second book, before he was even famous. And, and people like that, you know, so the point is, if you can catch YouTube when it's new, or Instagram, or or TikTok, right, or whatever the new one is, you know, um, that can maybe give you a, a, an opportunity to leapfrog. But other than that, too, the social media channels are really crowded. So is that helpful? Or, or, or sorry if that's demotivating. <laughs> no, I, I, I hear you. It sounds like the current channels that have been around for a while, you feel that they're maybe oversaturated, or if you do our new player in there, make sure it's a new, you're serving the market in a new way. Yeah, okay, that's a good way to put it, yes. A new way and, and I'll add to that a profitable way, right? Because that's, that's the trick. I literally, my second book, this is great. I don't get, I don't get to talk about my books much anymore, but thank you. Um, this book was, this one was a marketing book written in 2008 or so. And back here, what I, the advice in this book is literally go be on every channel because there were only like four channels, right? Like you could, you could actually go on YouTube and have a podcast. And uh, what else was there back then? Email. This was before Pinterest even existed, right? And you could, and you could kind of dominate and have a channel. But now there's like 50, right? And uh, plus competition. So uh, I would look at the business side of it. What, what can you sell out of that? Because you can sink so much time building a brand and, and lose your house, you know? <laughs> yeah. So. Um, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, it's good to see you. Thank you. Nice to see you. Um, okay, so if other folks would like to come on camera, um, let's see, what do we got here? Let me put that link up again. Um, hold on, guys, and then I'll get back to the chat room here in a second. Put that there, and then, then this goes here. And that's the on-camera link. If We probably have time for another one or two of those if anybody's interested. That just showed up in the chat room, I think. Um, yes, it did. Good. Okay, let's go back to our chat room, actually. Um, where, how far did we get? Uh, okay, so hello to some other folks. Jeff Brain, Duvall. Uh, let's see, we talked to Lisa Maximus. Maximus says, I'm pretty much networking. Okay, well, let's do this a new trick I learned. Thank you guys for teaching me a new trick. Maximus says, pretty much self-taught, working very hard. I'm a personal business. I'm going to get more investors involved and grow my network. Okay, well, I guess actually we kind of covered that already, Maximus. Uh, it's kind of a similar question to Gaurav's. Um, uh, he says, oh, he's the second poster in the investor community. I'm also 17, so it's hard to get into those events. Yes, well, that's right. Um, the trick there, I think, is probably to find your local university or college. Pretty much everybody has a, a startup club these days. 
uh, and I would go and see there. You would fit right in, right? <laughs> um, and see how you can get involved in their entrepreneurship program. Uh, there are also, since we're on the topic, if people are in places where there are not universities uh, or colleges, there are organizations. There's uh, something called the SBDC, the Small Business Development Corporation. That, for those of you who are listening in the United States, that's a government-funded entity, meaning your tax dollars or your parents' tax dollars, uh, that help small businesses. And all of them are looking more and more at high-tech entrepreneurship these days, SBDC. There are many of those offices across the country. You could also look at um, Junior Achievement or um, SCORE, Service Corps of Retired Executives. That's another uh, organization. That's for old people, obviously, <laughs> retired executives. Uh, but they have a lot of programs uh, that try to help early stage entrepreneurs. And um, just by going to that stuff, you build the relationships, right? Uh, and it's kind of like this, but imagine, you know, if we were all pre-COVID and we all lived in the same town, you know, imagine all the people in this chat room in one room, how much you could share together, right? That's a lot of fun because... Similar interests lead to enthusiasm, and um, that's the spark that's going to make this world a better place, I think. Uh, and that's honestly, that's what these are about, these workshops. So if you want to go to one of those, uh, make sure you get on our, our mailing list. Uh, Michael said, uh, TCVN, oh, yes, Tech Coast Venture Network. They're here in Orange County. That's back to OC's question, I think. Um, OC Dowd, uh, TCVN is a local uh, group. I, do, I speak for them sometimes and uh, help promote those, um, and that's a good organization. Um, let's see. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, um, okay. Uh, Athena, I try to show up at, yeah, so Athena has some good advice here. Let's show that. You can read that yourself, actually. Oh, well, that was a question. Sorry, I didn't see the second part. Okay. Athena, yes, I know you go to events because I see you. Uh, you're not ready. You need to build traction. I want to go straight to investors. Yes, feel so stuck. Yeah, that's a common one, Athena. Um, so there's two answers here uh, for those of you who feel this way, and it's, it's pretty common. Um, let me order my thoughts here. One is that not ready, need to build traction is code for two things. It's either you don't have enough traction, which we, means we really want to see some actual revenue, not just traction, or B, we're really not interested but we're, we don't want to tell you that in case you become really a great investment later that we want to get in on, right? So as usual, don't take this personally, but um, I wouldn't take that too seriously. Um, if, I think you, from what I know of your business, I don't know if you have any customer sales yet. Um, so I think you need to sell some customers or, or something. Um, uh, yeah, this is probably more detail than we have time to go into here, but I'll probably see you at an event sometime soon. Uh, and going straight to the investors, yeah, the – let me think about that. Yeah, we need more investor events. COVID just crushed this. You know, part of this is that uh, most investors are, you know, 40, 50, maybe 60, maybe 70, maybe even 80 years old, and the COVID thing just crushed them, right? I, I don't mean that, that they all got sick, but they're also afraid of getting sick, that it really dialed back on face-to-face -face events. Um, which is really unfortunate for all of those of you who are, of course, trying to get out there and hustle and meet them. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, okay, so here's the follow-up question. Athena says, um, there it is, getting on traction, yes. Well, what point is it right time to go talk to investors, or is there no timing? The timing is always, this, is, this trips people up, um, you need to build relationships. So relationships don't come with one-shot visits. They come with repeated contact. So what I would recommend all of you doing, this goes back to Gaurav and a bunch of other folks here, um, 
I would really be thinking in terms of um, meeting some investors, but not pitching them anything. Just make friends, right? And there's a classic saying in this industry, if you ask for money, you get advice. But if you ask for advice, you eventually get money. So build relationships with people that can advise you uh, and then just keep in touch. Like it doesn't have to be a two-way street even, but if you have a friendly conversation and follow up with gentle, short, non-demanding emails monthly or quarterly or whenever you've got something new to report, just stay on their radar. And you can build a relationship even kind of one way by sending people emails. Hey, you know, it was great to meet you at the such and such event or online at the such and such thing, you know, back in March. Um, I know you have an interest in this field that I'm working in. Uh, our company just accomplished this and that. Just letting you know, happy to discuss if you ever want to, you know, see you later. And do that kind of thing, you know, monthly or quarterly. Just remind them, and ideally you have some progress to report, right? You're not just, you know, blowing smoke, but you have something to say um, on a repeated basis. You know, we hired a new person. You know, we're expanding, we're getting an office, or, you know, this customer signed on, or, you know, I was really surprised we ran this test and the conversion rates look like this, which is better than we expected. And you've got to spin everything a little bit salesy. It is, it is sales. Um, but that repeated over time uh, is the way to do this rather than, um, you know, the media makes it show, sound like, you know, you show up at a pitch event and you win a million-dollar check after one three-minute pitch. And, you know, those, those pitch competitions are so often preceded by many rounds of screening and coaching and, you know, the judges on the stage might already be investors in the companies, you know, there's lots going on um, that isn't necessarily illegal or even unethical, it, but it, it's not just magic, right? This is a business. And anybody who's uh, running a startup who doesn't think they're in sales, sorry, you're in sales. This is a sales job. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. What else we got here? Uh, Shirley Eisenberg. Hi, Scott. I've still got my site. So, oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> I used to be a I work a lot with a company called SightSell and uh, promote them. I think they're promoted in those books, right? Surely you must, be, you must have read my books. Well, nice to hear from you. That's really cool. I hope it's doing well for you. That's, that's very cool. Um, okay, so anybody else got questions? looks like we're coming up on our hour. But if you have uh, questions or comments, you can uh, add them here. Um, let's see. What else we got here? Uh, Wendy. Let's see. I think we covered the ones that were sent in. Um, let me see from hear from the rest of you if there's other stuff we should cover today. Um, what's Hamid say there? I'm currently trying to. Okay, so Hamida has a uh, new. It's an online in-person skill sharing platform. Okay, trying to get skilled people for initial users and honest feedback. Well, great. We'll post a link, Hamida. This is a place that you could do that. I don't know if they're skilled, but they're here. And we're happy to uh, maybe somebody here can help you out. Um, this is a good, uh, a good topic for everybody. You know, to, a good, good place. Sorry, a good venue uh, to uh, to uh, you know meet like-minded people. Like I said, um, let me put up our email link again, and uh, let me uh, let's go back to Annie's question for a second too. Uh, the co-founder thing. This is also how you meet co-founders. Uh, there's kind of a, you know some other fiction in the in the market that you know co-founders kind of magically appear, but you know honestly you probably know your co-founders, right? Who do you know? And if you don't know anybody, go meet some more people. That's how you find co-founders. 
Um, this isn't like, uh, you know, Match.com or Tinder, although some people have tried building that for co-founders. It's, it's honestly in some ways more personal than dating because you end up with a co-founder for a long time and they're in your business, right? And you've got to have a real personality match. When I was running these workshops in person a few years ago, I had some friends come in who had done the Y Combinator um, accelerator program, uh, Bjorn and Matthias. And they, so they gave, came in and gave 10 tips, you know, to founders sort of thing. And uh, I thought it was very useful because, um, of course, they had good things to say. But one of the big takeaways for me was that they spent a lot of time um, dating. I mean, not actually dating, but like spending time with each other. They deliberately spent time getting to know each other before they really, you know, signed all the paperwork and figured out how they were going to split the equity and stuff. And they talked a lot about you know, what, who's going to do what in roles. And this is the big thing that co-founder planning often misses is what happens if things go wrong, right? Everybody likes to think about what happens if things go right because anybody that does this is an optimist, right? I'm an optimist. We, we wouldn't, you wouldn't be an entrepreneur if you weren't an optimist, right? Um, but what if things go wrong? And it doesn't even have to be, um, you know, on purpose, right? You know, what if somebody gets sick or, or uh, you know, has to move across country for a family reason or, you know, or get hit by a bus, you know, like how do you, how do you extricate yourself from co-founder relationships is really important too. So there's a lot of, a lot of thought that should go into that. And um, I guess I have uh, a couple of quick recommendations on that since this comes up a lot. Uh, I was not hiding, not leaving early, but um, this is a pretty good book, Slicing Pie uh, by Mike Moyer. Uh, this can help you um, split equity up nicely. There's another service called Comparably dot com, which I've been told is good. Um, uh, so there's things like that online that you could, you know, use. I mean, this is a book, but there's, there's online tools as well um, that you can use to try to quantify this um, so that each person puts in appropriate amounts and gets out appropriate amounts, right? Because uh, it's a delicate calculation uh, and important uh, to you and to investors because investors want to know uh, how you're sharing the equity and what your plans are for uh, giving equity to future hires and, and things like that. So, okay. Um, well, anybody else? Let's see. Um, one of the problems with this is I, let's see. Oh, okay. Trying to figure out how many people we still have here. Okay. Looks like there's a few of you here. So last call, if you'd like to join us or have any questions I can help you with, let me know. Uh, our next uh, startup accelerator, uh, this thing will be on sale soon if you'd like to join us. Um, not going to be doing one in June, unfortunately. I'll be traveling a fair bit. Uh, COVID is over, uh, hopefully, <laughs> and uh, trying going to be trying to get out with the family. Um, okay, so um, let me just check my notes. So, da -da -da -da. so yes, yes, yes. Okay, so I guess this is the deal. Here is uh, I do this for free, and I hope it's helpful to you. I hope you tell your friends, um, and I uh, would really appreciate um, any feedback or likes and subscribes and shares, all that kind of stuff. The, uh, the big, uh, that's the only ask I have here is if you can come and follow us and, you know, get on that email list and so forth so that I know I'm not just talking to myself. <laughs> that's, that's much appreciated because uh, it does take some time and obviously I could be doing other things with my time. This is, uh, this is the website I just put in the chat room there, the link in for the Startup Council. If you could go over there and follow, that would be awesome. Uh, put in some comments there and uh, tell your friends. And, uh, um, uh, and hopefully that's useful to all of you. Uh, and I will see you next time. Uh, we'll be back um, with the fourth Tuesday, I think, is when we're doing these now. So thank you for coming, and good luck to you as an entrepreneur. 
it's great to have you here. It's up to you and me and people like us to make the world a better place because Lord knows uh, it needs some help. And uh, I'm optimistic, as I said. Uh, if you're here, you're a doer, and I appreciate you. Uh, so go out and do it. All right? So I hope to see you again next time and uh, get on that mailing list uh, uh, so that we can keep in touch. And uh, you're welcome to reach out to me on LinkedIn as well. All right? Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.